Over the last two decades, I've been in an insatiable quest to learn everything I can about leadership. What makes the best leaders so good? After running companies small and large over the last 20 years, today I speak on stages all across the world to audiences who are interested in that same question. My name's John Larito. I'm your host, and I invite you to join me on this journey as we explore this very topic and what makes the best leader so good. Welcome to Tomorrow's Leader. All right, welcome to today's episode of Tomorrow's Leader, where we dive deep on all things leader-related, related to leading yourself and leading others. I am John Larito, your host, and I've got my co-host with me. <laughs> Thank you for having me on today. This is it's my, exciting. Great yeah. to have you. Thank you, yeah, yeah. For those of you who can't see or you don't know and recognize that voice, that's my son, Nick. Yeah. Nick Larito. Background back. of some of the Instagram videos. <laughs> yes, my social media coordinator and exactly, uh, yeah. the brains behind the operation. Um, back from uh, Loyola, yeah. uh, which you just finished your first year, which is cool. What was your first year like? Interesting. Definitely interesting. Different than high school, I'll tell you that. Yeah, yeah. It's chaotic, chaotic scene, but I love it. You looking forward to going back? 100%, yeah. I'm yeah. not looking forward to I'm very excited. Yeah. <laughs> I want to stay back here. Yeah. I'm very excited, though. It's a great school, and yeah, yeah, I'm excited. That's awesome. Well, you, you are, uh, I know, have taken a really big uh, interest in leadership and yeah. business and entrepreneurship and all kinds of stuff. I love talking with you about it, and we, yeah. we've had some really cool off the record conversations and I'm like, you know what? Yeah. This would be kind of a cool thing to bring on the show yeah, and have a father-son yeah. <laughs> shake it up a little bit, do a co-host episode. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I thought it would be really cool and you did too that you just asked me questions um, yeah. and I'm not prepared for these in any way. So you haven't given me any idea what you're going to ask me. Yeah. So we'll see how this goes. But uh, you're going to ask me some questions that you might yeah. either on your mind about leadership or that you think other people might have an interest in yeah, about leadership. Exactly. So well, I have a few definitely. So the first one is obviously I'm involved. Uh, st I'm starting up an alpha, a chapter for Kai Sai, which is your, your, uh, I have legacy. You're Alpha Row 94, right? 1994. Yeah. So super pumped. It's definitely a chaotic scene. You have a lot of personalities uh, in the room at once. So my first question is, how do you adapt your leadership style to what best suits them without kind of losing your core as a leader and your qualities? Because it's easy to kind of cater to one person, but when you're catering to like. 14 different guys in the room at once it's yeah. definitely difficult without losing who you are at the same time man that is such a good question and first of all just to give everybody a little bit of background on you um starting this chapter yeah. so and, and i'll answer the question but maybe before do you want to just explain what you're doing actually yeah. which well, is we're cool. starting so kai sai which is the second most funded uh, fraternity in the country uh, as far as their educational trust uh, you have legacy there and when you came out in November and we talked about my plans for fraternity life uh, you brought up the idea of starting an alpha at Loyola Marymount which obviously it was a long shot I remember the first conversation we definitely looked back at it or we looked forward thinking that you know this probably won't happen but it was kind of right time right place and they were looking to expand to the west coast uh they have i think alphas at texas tech and berkeley but besides that i mean the entire west is not a lot of kai size given that ucla had a big alpha out there and there's still a lot of alumni so 
it kind of got going and you know we made it past the first stage uh into our colony status which is where we're officially affiliated with kaisai which was big very very big presentation it was great i did it uh my co-founder adi adi gupta so uh yeah that's kind of the background with the kaisai stuff been working with a lot of great people yeah which is amazing because i i you know i remember in college joining a fraternity that's already well established for decades and decades and decades so you're basically and i I remember i mean i i think back to college there's no way i would have had the the guts (laughs) and the courage to start a fraternity a chapter of a fraternity and you know i remember when you and i first started talking about it it was like this really cool idea that just started to get momentum but then you had these hurdles of you know you had to convince the the university first of all to accept another chapter of a new fraternity still ongoing still in progress yeah (laughs) which everything's looking optimistic knock on wood but uh yeah you know a lot of great people at kaisai that definitely made that happen it's exactly what you think it is i mean starting up a fraternity yeah very 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 difficult which uh it's not a hundred percent the professional setting, obviously. As it's want, leadership, but, though, but, but you know, it think, is leadership. Think about how many people you've had to influence. You've had to influence a school yeah. to accept and be, get behind it, which yeah. I know is still ongoing. You've had to influence a major fraternity to get behind investing in you and taking yeah. a whole chance on a whole new chapter. Which we were—I don't know if I'm supposed to say this—but we were the first interest group to receive money from the national fraternity that's which is very cool which is very awesome there was a lot of trust that they put in us and a lot of great people it's kind of like a startup and you're getting you're raising capital almost it's like people not to compare the two but people talk about drug dealing as like the best like that's a business lesson (laughs) lesson in in itself and i'm not saying that it's breaking bad similar you watch breaking bad but i mean you know fraternity life you don't think of it as a business but i mean it is the best leadership lesson not to compare it to drug dealing at all yeah but uh you know, it, it, there's a lot of great leadership lessons, which we'll yeah. get into. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. So. Well, then and then the other part of it, and then I'll get back to answering your question, is you've had to influence and be a leader amongst your uh, peers and, and yeah. getting people to want to go. And think about this. This is like a brand new thing. It's not like you can point to a fraternity house and talk about the last party you had and yeah. point to the 40 brothers that you there's have. No vision, there's man. no You've had to cast this vision, which is yeah. one of the hardest things a leader has to do is is influence people to get behind yeah. a vision of something that's not tangible especially a startup business well, you talked about the selling when you go into a neighborhood and they're selling houses it's yeah. like there's no houses there prices might start at three or four hundred thousand when they build more houses it goes up in value yeah and we've looked at that like you especially when you're friends with all these people and you know you're just hanging around with them and then you actually need to tell them to do stuff in yeah. a nice way yeah. or maybe not so nice i mean it becomes a whole different game and that's probably been the biggest challenge that's tough because yeah, right? you've got to switch roles a little bit and it can't just come from an inauthentic place where you're just barking orders and yeah, doing it out of ego I, I you've can't got go a full metal jacket on them. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. good movie reference yeah. uh okay so back to your question which i think is a great question so if i'm understanding your question it's you've got a lot of different personalities a lot of different yeah. types of people how do you lead that many different types of people and personalities yeah. is it multiple styles is it do you adapt your style exactly. what do you do? okay so i first of all great question i think it's one of the most challenging things that leaders not only new leaders deal with but leaders that have been doing it for decades um because you're oh you're you're never 
you're always going to deal with new things. You're ne- you've never got it figured out perfectly. Yeah. So that's, I think, the first message is you're never going to get to a point where you, every situation, every person, you lead exactly the right way. You're always going to make some mistakes. But I think one of the mistakes that I made early on was trying to focus so hard on being someone or a certain style. Yeah. And I, I thought overly so about what type of personality I was going to have and everything like this. And what it caused me to do is be inauthentic. I was two different versions. I was the version of John inside of work as a leader. And I was a version outside of work that my friends and family knew. And that didn't feel good. It didn't really look good. And ultimately it really wasn't good. It wasn't an effective way to long-term lead. So my first piece of advice is, and it may sound um, trite, but you have to be yourself. You have to just lead from the person you are because people will see that when you try too hard yeah. to adapt your style. Um, so number one is figure out what works for you. Be yourself. Speak from your heart. Uh, be passionate about what you believe in. And what you're going to find is the right people will join you and follow you. There may be some people that don't, and that's okay, uh, because part of what you need to do is get the right people on the bus and the wrong people off the bus, if that makes sense. And I've seen it with you especially. I mean, uh, some of your greatest friends or closest friends are people that you you know led you you were their boss for a certain period of time so yeah it's that's what i'm going through right now i i was friends first with them and now i need to step into a leadership role but uh when yeah. you're talking about like being inauthentic or were you trying to be leaders that you admired that had led over you is that you know yeah. what you meant by inauthentic yes that's yeah. a great question too because i i, I was so i saw my leaders different leaders have certain levels of effectiveness. There were some people that I really wanted to emulate. Yeah. But I also realized, you know what, their style was not my style. Their personality was not my personality. So, you know, it became very hard. It was almost like an acting job. And, and, you know, one of my bosses was very tough. So I, I felt like I needed to be very tough, which I think is, is a, a part of leadership, of course, but I was harsh. I wasn't, yeah. it wasn't tough out of love. It was just harsh because I felt like that style worked for him. And yeah. so it's gotta be for me. And, and that was the wrong decision. So what do you think out of all the different archetypes and ways to lead? Like what's the most effective? Is it a blend of all of these or is it one? Is it the no BS guy? Who's like, you know, kind of what you were saying, really harsh. Is it the guy who's super on it, understanding, empathetic, who's like, holding meetings constantly but you know he's kind of micromanaging like what what does that not to say that there's a perfect leader but if you had to choose one yeah that was most effective i think the perfect blend is the leader that's that's very visionary that's thinking about that's very forward thinking and can paint a great picture yeah um they're very much uh, a people leader so they're empathetic uh they very much love their people they genuinely want to see their people succeed yeah um and they really do care about them and then they also have an edge to them so they're not afraid to create discomfort they're not afraid to to show to be a disruptive leader in other words to to push people and challenge people and 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 hold people accountable i think that's an important part of it too so i'd say that blend there overall tends to which i'm still waiting because i know eventually i'll have to you get to the point where you have to make an example out of somebody and you do need to crack down. And I'm when you're so 
focus during this one lane and you kind of like single one gear of being people's friend and being liked and it, it's hard to transition and to lay down orders more so so yeah that's definitely the biggest challenge so far with me mm-hmm. uh but you know, it's difficult. It's a chaotic environment. It's, it's tough because, and you said it right there, it's the desire to be liked. Everybody wants to be, for the most part, most people want to be liked. Yeah. The, the tough part is um, you think about there's a lot of people, and when you're leading an organization, you have to make tough decisions sometimes, which sometimes are unpopular and they're not liked. But if people understand where it's coming from they may not like a decision yeah but they'll they'll support it and understand it and still respect it and respect you yeah if it's coming from the right and place. i've noticed that and not to say that i've been lenient you know in my ways of going of leading people but you know you can see it like the minute you lay down law kind of people switch their attitudes and you can still be somebody's friend although that's not in my case it's a little different than you know your leadership experiences because it's all your like friends that you're leading but it definitely i feel like you can be multi-geared and you can you know be empathetic and be somebody's friend but at the same time yeah you you know be able to tell them what to do. <laughs> I've always said there's there's four questions that everybody every follower is asking of you and of me and of any leader out there and those four questions are really important to understand. One is can I trust this person? And it's the yeah. same questions that you would ask to determine if you're going to follow somebody. Does do I trust this person? Yeah. Does this person care about me? Yeah. And then as far as the vision, do I want to go where this person wants to go or wants to take me? And that's not just the destination, but it's the journey also. Am I willing to go through the tough stuff to get to the rosy you know, picture at the end of the road? Yeah. And then the fourth question is, do I believe this leader has the capability to get me there? Do they have the skill sets, the competencies, and the track record of success yeah. and the motivation to get me there? And those four questions are key. If those answers are yes, they're going to follow you and they're going to follow you endlessly. If you're missing one of those or two of those, that's where you might get short term some results, but you will never get long term buy in and you won't be a long term effective influential leader. Yeah. And then that makes sense. So my next question, which, you know, growing up and you're like the leaders that you're around are teachers and coaches and you kind of sort of think everything just falls into place and all the game plans are there and honestly what i thought leadership was before this experience was that you're just a personality and it's how you make people feel which couldn't be more far from the truth so my first leadership experience i remember we had our first meeting it was probably a friday night or tuesday night or something and we were uh not partying, but we were in a more jovial mood, I'll say that. I won't list the reasons why, but we were all there, and about 14 or 15 people were in the room. So I tell somebody to shut the door or something to get started, and I have everybody looking at me, and I prepared, and it went all right, but I realized it's like leadership, at least for me in that moment, was taking the initiative. Mm-hmm. Like, if you don't have an initiative, like, all those guys just wasted their night. Yeah. So that was a very important moment for me i'm like okay i got 14 or 15 guys huddled in a room like this size so it's like really tight and small and i'm like if this isn't one effective people are not going to like it they're going to be pissed for wasting their time yeah and if you don't have a plan at all then it you know it's the waste completely but it's nerve-wracking right yeah (laughs) uh, exactly so like what was your biggest surprise in leadership what was the first thing where you were like okay i did not know that this was part of it at all um Wow, that's such a good question. Um, I think a couple things. First of all, 
uh, it was the realization that nobody's very few times is somebody going to ask you or tell you what to do as a leader. Yeah. So you really truly are Similar, on your yeah. own. You know, you're, you're in that room. It's not like somebody's going to say, okay, Nick, well now lead this yeah. meeting, get it started, lead us through the agenda. It's yours, uh, which is a tremendous amount of responsibility. And I remember, I think one of the first realizations was when I had my first office that I ran yeah. and realized I had total autonomy. I mean, I could, for the most part, do anything. This was my baby, so to speak. This group was was in my hands and trusting me with their futures, which yeah. is I just, I think the biggest uh, su- surprise was how much responsibility you have as a leader. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the things I, as a leader, what I can control is what I think and what I say and what I do. Nobody can control that. I can control that. And, and what I think, say, and do influences significantly what other people think say and do yeah and that was just the power of that was incredible i think that was probably the biggest surprise so what is the biggest thing why did you want to get into leadership kind of going off that was it like i can influence as many people as possible or was it like for good or for bad like control because that's like what a lot of people that's why they like leadership it's their decisions you're held accountable but i mean at the end of the day it's yours so was it was the influence factor it's funny i think what attracted me before i got into it was different than what really motivated me motivated me once i got into it i think before i got into it i saw it as this just really cool uh, yeah, you know, there's a little bit of power thing to it and, and a, yeah. a, a lure to it of you're, you're running a place or a company or a team or whatever it might be. And you're the person, you know, yeah. I think that was just the feeling of that drew me in. Um, but I, I think part of it also was, um, the fact is I got into it and I realized, and I thought, you know, there were people that influenced me significantly in my life. And there were moments of time, which I've shared stories about, uh, where there was something that happened that changed the outcome. And I was just, I was amazed by the, the magic of that. I'm like, okay, well, so a leader, and then I started following different leaders and, and I realized they really have this massive influence. And if you are a great leader and you have great intentions and great abilities, you can really change people's lives. I mean, totally. And that to me was, I I just was awestruck by that. But there is a certain like personality factor, I think too, right? Like there is the personality side of it, like how you make people feel like on a day-to-day basis. And then there's the initiative, like what your actual actions are. What is the balance between the two? Uh, Between the, between your kind of not charisma, but your day-to-day, you know, what people see on the outside and then the actual initiatives that you're taking. Um, That's also a great question. So what that comes down to is the strategy and the tactics and what are you actually doing and then the people power that you have behind it. In other words, your your influence and communication skills and personality, kind of the soft skills. What do you think is more important? Like if, let's say, you were this super like almost enigmatic character who's like everybody loves but you can't take any initiative versus you get stuff done on a day-to-day basis and you get people to get their stuff done but not a lot of people like you and uh, neither are really sustainable but yeah. what do you think is more of it in- great great question again i love these questions the first one is by far the more effective the person that has the charisma yeah. that has the people the attraction power because even if that person is not good at execution and even if they're not good at strategy 
what they're really good at, at doing is influencing people and getting people behind a vision. If, if that was me, I could always hire people and yeah. team with people and bring people into my team that are good at execution or great yeah. at execution. There's, there's tons of people like that. Yeah. What there's a lack of are people that really have a bold vision and have the ability to bring people together around a vision like that. Yeah. And, and if you, and you think about that, many, many CEOs, many incredibly successful companies are operate, uh, operate that way. The, the CEO is the visionary. They're the ones that really do, uh, con, you know, think about the direction yeah, of the organization okay. and the industry and everything that's happening. And then the team around them is the ones that are implementing. Next, it's tough because you have to be very creative, and it's it's a more elusive job in the sense like. I mean, you think about it like it's right. Just talking with you now, like a hundred percent vision. If you can sell a vision, because most of the people that you're dealing with, I mean, they're competent. They wouldn't be there if they weren't competent. Like even with the fraternity. So if you're able to sell a vision to them, then they can go execute what they need to do. Exactly. And, saying, and that's so true. But you need to be creative. You need to be a personality. Because mm-hmm. I mean, I I've had leaders, and I'm sure obviously you've had two where they're like not likable people. Yeah. Like, would you want to? go hang out with them or whatever like and if you don't then it's not sustainable and and there are you know there's lots of leaders that are like that um and and it's it's not necessarily a deal killer there's very successful leaders that candidly were not liked but they're very successful yeah but they built a team of people and they were exceptional at this that had the traits that they didn't have. Yeah. So uh, you do see very successful CEOs Jack that are not Ma liked. was one of them, Jack yeah, Ma, who right? yeah, he talks about that, but yeah. Great example, yeah, I mean, lot, and lots of very tough you know, leaders, but uh, the bottom line is the leaders that I see, especially now, you know, we've gone through this pandemic and everything that's changed over the last couple of years, the leaders now that are really, I see, that are drawing the most people into their vision are the people that are empathetic, they're authentic, they're people leaders. They're not just great at strategy and execution yeah. and you know better behind a closed door than they are in front of a, yeah. on a an audience. They really have that ability to to speak to a big group of people and authentically and do it in a way, even when they're delivering a bad message, that it at least comes, it comes out in a way where yeah. it came from the right place. Yeah. When you were talking about earlier, like crafting your leadership style and not being inauthentic, uh, like how did you go about that? Did you kind of think of the what leader you'd want to lead you and that's who you became or was it just happened naturally? You learned from trial and error. Well, you know, it's funny when I when I was in when I was a new leader, probably for the first five, six, seven years of my career, I would say I'd be in a situation. I would say, OK, what would pat do in this situation yeah what would peter do in this situation what would larry do what would uh you know uh janet do you know and it was just a constant like you know thought of what this other person would do and how they'd handle a situation and how they might deliver a message and and that actually worked that helped because it it did help me learn from them and and start but then i got to a point where i said okay well i can't i've got to be myself and that question was more of what are you going to do? What is is my decision? Because somebody's going to be asking that question. Hey, what would John do in this situation? Exactly. That's kind of the way I wanted it yeah. to be. I mean, I, I've had, there's a quote that I, I I've said many times and put it out there. I think you reposted it recently, uh, or may have, or are, yeah. which is yeah. you know, there's only so much reading you can do about leading. Oh, no. At some point, you got to get out there and lead and yeah. become the leader that others will read about. Yeah. That's the thing. Yeah, if you do too much researching. 
uh, like whether let's say you want to become a filmmaker and you're studying Scorsese and Tarantino and whoever it is Polanski and it's like well I love that how do I become that but really you should master yourself because you have a exactly. different skill set in whatever it is it's like you learn from them yeah but like how do I bring that and find myself and take yeah. myself out and right. just master yourself be yourself create right. what you want like exactly it's like an artist that that is uh you know is is great at realism and that's yeah. their passion but then they start going down the road of expressionism or or abstract art and it's because they they love another artist that well that's not your passion yeah. you know i've learned a lot a tremendous amount about leadership from people that are that are leaders in in more typical senses and people i've you know yeah. we were talking about quentin tarantino recently yeah. you shared an example yeah. i'm like wow that's a great leadership lesson from him doesn't mean i want to become quentin tarantino doesn't mean yeah. we're in the same ballpark in anything really we're doing but he's a leader still yeah right which, so i can pull out leadership lessons which is him. different with that but there is a fine line like obviously if you get into leadership or whatever it is it's because there's some role model that you look up to you know wholeheartedly but at the same time and that's kind of formed your vision of what you want to do how do you separate that from that's what that person did now i gotta go on my path but like that's still your vision that was your initial love for whatever you're doing so how do you separate that yeah, I think you have to, if I'm understanding your question, because so, so how do you, is it, uh, is your question more about how, when is the time that you do that or is or, it or more, more how to, like, I mean, if you, you just have a certain vision of something, but that's not the best way that you create or do something. Yeah. Like if in leadership, if you know, you've loved this, like really that kind of more charismatic person, but you're just not that yeah. You're more quiet. You get people to do stuff. Yeah. Like, how do you separate yourself from that initial vision? I think you have to. It's like anything else. It's like working out where you kind of develop different muscles. Yeah. And you do different exercises that hit muscle in a different angle that it never did before. And all of a sudden it grows. I think in different situations, like when you're in that room with 15 guys in a closed room, I think those are times you're going to realize you're going to come out of meetings like that as a leader. And I still do, you know, 30 years into this yeah. where I look back and I'm like, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't nail it. That was not my a game. I didn't say the things that I should have said, or I didn't handle it the right way, or my response was not the right way or my facial expression. I didn't, I don't think was communicating the right thing at the right point or my body language. You're always going to have moments like that. And that's okay. That's part of growth. So I think you've got to be, you've got to give yourself You've got to be okay with that. You've got to give yourself a pass and accept the fact that you're going to go through these situations and make mistakes, and that's going to make you a better leader. Yeah. So I think you trying out your style and and being more yourself and not being the guy that has to bark, you know, and be this loud, boisterous person, but be yourself and speak from your heart and be passionate and, yeah. and then see the response and watch what happens. And then yeah. you can look and say, you know what? I think that message really landed the right way. I see the aftermath. I see people doing the things that I wanted them to do or I got feedback afterwards. Yeah. And by the way, it's okay to do that too. I, I, you know, Sometimes leadership can be a lonely world because the higher you go up, the less people yeah. are willing to give you like unsolicited feedback. Club. There's nobody, if you're a president, who are your friends? <laughs> yeah, I mean, you really, and you don't, you get a lot of people around you that want to tell you what you want to, what they think you want to hear. So you really have to pull and push for the right information. Yeah. That's why I've always worked with a coach because I, I will always get unbiased information. They'll always tell me what it is. That's why I coach people because it's like, I'll tell them what you know they need to hear, not necessarily what they want to hear. 
here and yeah. different perspective. Yeah. That's sometimes you you need to ask people, hey, how did that message come across? I did that. I've done that many times. Say, I just did it the other day. I, I led a um, a workshop, a leadership workshop, and I asked somebody who I'm close with in the in the participant group, and I said, hey, you know, what? How was that? What what landed well? What did yeah. not land well? This was uh, my buddy Jason, and I, he gave me good feedback. He's like, you know, and, and so I. I rely on that, you know, yeah. still, because sometimes I'll get done with a meeting and, and I think it was okay, it's fair, and people think it was great. Yeah. And, and I, sometimes that's, the vice that's versa. That's so infuriating, too, <laughs> yeah. when, you, when you have no idea why that was great. I remember I, I had a few presentations like that just in high school, and I'm like, that was terrible. <laughs> and they, you come out, and you we had, like, peer, uh, like, people from other industries, and they were like, that was incredible. And, I'm like, <laughs> and I was like, you get mad because you're like, right. but why? Well, it messes with you. You know, it's yeah. funny. And I've told the story, uh, I think, to you before. I may have. I don't know. Maybe not. I remember a time when I was a new leader giving a speech. I still remember. And he's out there. Steve Goldsmith. Uh, great guy. I was at Ameriprise. And I was doing this this thing in front of this whole group. And I just was reading his facial expression. And it was he just looked like he was so disinterested in what I was doing and, and literally, and, and yeah. just, he looked like he was just so bored and just almost angry at me for wasting his time. And it, it really messed with my head. And then he came up to me after the presentation came walking up and I'm like, Oh geez, here it comes. And he just looked at me and he said, you know what? I got to tell you, that was phenomenal. I'm like, yeah. really? What? I'm like, I would never would have guessed, <laughs> man. He said, that was exceptional. I'm like, wow. And the takeaway there was, thank God he told me that, but it was a lesson that stuck with me. Stuck with me. You just can't tell. You can't always read an audience. Yeah. You can't tell by people's reaction exactly. when you're really so hitting the, you, gotta of. be you, yeah. gotta be you. Going back to what you said, learning leadership through trial and error. And we both watched the Elon Musk documentary. Yeah. And I found it fascinating that he doesn't, he researches a lot of stuff, obviously, but he doesn't learn by making like NASA does all these calculations on the wall and they, you know, think of stuff for months and months before building SpaceX just puts random stuff together like and flies it up. And it if it fails, which it's supposed to, because that's how they build better. And it's uh, I was watching an interview a few months after that documentary came out. And uh, he was walking around the SpaceX facility in Austin or something. Uh, and the YouTuber who was holding the camera says, it was something about thrusters. I don't know what it was. But he's like, what if you? they have the main rocket and then whatever the booster is. I don't know rockets. But he's like, what if you put a thruster on that too? And he's like, he's like he goes and he looks up at it and he's like, yeah, that's a great idea. <laughs> and they did that. <laughs> and they did that. Just because this YouTuber, like, it, it's just they build in such a cool way through yeah. trial and error so it's not it's not accepting you you failure is happening yeah. otherwise you're not improving and you yes. need to improve so i just found that so fascinating that's how they improve they they purposely not purposely fail but yeah that's how they're they not build. afraid to fail and they yeah. embrace it absolutely yeah. well it's it's expected 100 percent. it's not yeah. like you're a basketball player and you know you you're gonna have yeah. bad games it's like 
you are failing and that's how you're going to build. Yeah. I just found that so fascinating. You watched that documentary. I loved too, right? it. Yeah. I love it. So, a big yeah. Elon Musk fan I, yeah. and, and, and SpaceX and Tesla. Yeah. The, the interesting thing is, you know, there are different, and I see this with different organizations. There are, there's a very distinct difference between the organization that embraces and supports failure and the ones that don't. Yeah. And it, it, it's a whole different cu- cu- culture. Now there's a cost to failure and, and in, and SpaceX, there's a big cost. I mean, they literally, they were down to their last rocket. It had to succeed or the company was risking going under. Uh, so you have to measure that it's gotta be measured risks, but the, the cost of failure is going to be there. You can, you can outweigh that significantly by learning from it or even spreading it across the organization. Like a failure in one department of, of a company, many companies have, some companies have, you know, dozens if not hundreds of divisions or companies. Yeah. A failure in one area is, if it's shared amongst other areas, can be a great learning. Like think about companies like 3M, like Post-it Note, which I have several packs in here. Yeah. That post the note came because of a failure, but it didn't only become a failure. They were trying to develop a glue that was unbelievably strong. And, and obviously a post it note is the opposite, but yeah. they, they, they took that formula, they put it into this, this sharing bin, so to speak, metaphorically, and, and said, Hey, this, I was trying to develop this. It failed. It's this, see what you can do with it. And sure enough, somebody else took it and then developed and used it actually as a post-it note for he was trying to get his music to stand on a stand for his orchestra and and it stuck and he's like wow that's pretty cool it worked it held the page open maybe i can do something with it and this was like a year or two after and then they developed post-it notes out of a failure that company operates and there's dozens of examples of billion dollar products that have been developed that way so the company the organizations that embrace failure i've seen organizations where people are afraid to admit they've made a mistake they 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 hide it they cover it yeah and then other people make the same mistake and and it goes over and over and ripples through the organization and all those people made the same mistake because the one person was afraid to share that they made a mistake and hey here's what i learned from it they thought their their job was going to be at risk whereas if you can get the culture to go in the opposite direction where people say hey i made a mistake or i didn't know this i just learned this i know maybe i should know it i don't know but i'm going to risk my ego being bruised and launch it out there here's the deal so everybody can learn from it yeah those are the companies but that's a leader that makes that sets that tone yeah that's incredible just people learn off each other and it just leads to the utmost creativity. It's insane. Totally. La- one of the next things I want to talk to you about is you talked to me earlier in your career. You had the choice of either following, you know, the leadership path, or the advisor's path. And I want to talk like when individuals are going about like, how do I make money? Leadership is not always the first thing that comes to mind. Mm-hmm. They might want to become a successful entrepreneur, which gives them leadership opportunities. But you think of money and making money. Leadership is just not the first thing that comes to mind. And there's a lot of selflessness in that profession. So obviously leaders get paid very well, much better than anybody else. But what was that situation like for you when you wanted to choose that, knowing that advisors could often make a lot more and still choosing leadership because you believed in it wholeheartedly? Uh, another great question. So a couple of thoughts on that. First of all, and for those listening that might not know an advisor, financial advisor, so this is in financial services. Uh, so that was a kind of a fork in the road, so to speak. Yeah. Um, you know, first of all, the, the, the one thing to understand is the advisors that make 
a lot of money and are doing extremely well. They are leaders. Um, they're 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 a different. Their their title may be different, but they are as much of a leader as as uh, mid level or senior level or CEO of an organization. Truly, yeah. um, and and it's really no different in, in other ways, than or... well, they're running a business. You know, yeah. they're leading people, they're attracting people onto their team, they're building a team. So some financial advisors have two or three people, some have twenty or thirty, some yeah. have two hundred thirty yeah. people, and they're still a financial advisor, and they've just built this bigger and bigger practice. So. But, you know, so that's part of it is to understand leadership's a part of everything. But to answer your question, I think the call that or the, the question that people are uh, wondering is, OK, if I'm asked, let's say I'm in a role in my company, I'm asked to take a promotion or encouraged to look at leadership. Should I look at the management, so to speak, track, which I don't like the management word, it's leadership. But is that a better path to go? And, you know, it comes down to passion and what you, you know, I've, I've gone different roads in my career for the wrong reasons. Um, I've gone the road to chase money and there's been times where I have earned a lot of money and not been happy and not been fulfilled or who feel like I'm not in the right spot. I'm not making the impact that I want to. And so it's not, it's not just about that. When you find what you love to do and truly, you know, we did that video, which I thought was great, uh, which you had asked me a question like, Hey, you know, how do you know when it's right to quit a job? (laughs) And, and my answer was you use the Sunday test, which is, you know, how do you feel when you wake up on a Sunday? Are you, you know, there was a period of time I woke up, I'd open up my eyes and I was miserable and I was miserable because I was one day closer to work and I was dreading Monday. Yeah. And I'm like, what the, you know, that's ridiculous. I'm in the wrong, I'm doing the wrong thing. And if anybody's out there and they're in that situation, you, you can't go on like that. You can, but you're choosing a road of misery. So you've got to find what you love doing, what you are going to wake up on Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. It doesn't matter. You're going to love it. You're going to be energized. And when you find that, that's where you are going to, you're, you're, the money will work itself out and you're going to, you're going to be happy. And that's the key thing. Yeah. It's so complicated. There's so many, like anything, so many different areas you can always improve on. My last question that I had is advice for me going forward. Cause as a leader, as a new leader, a young leader, I mean, obviously you're, I have, I think we're at 17 guys now, which is a lot, but it's also very intimidating, you know, and we're going to grow exponential, exponentially, hopefully, uh, with the new freshman class coming in. But how do you go about bringing in new guys, cultivating the environment that you want and having everybody work together in somewhat of a collaborative way? I would do a few things. Um, one is I would get in your head a super clear picture of what this looks like in a year or two years when it goes really, really well or three years. Um, And I would communicate that over and over and over and over again until people are sick of hearing the vision. And because people need to hear it seven, eight times before it really sinks in. Uh, That's first and foremost, number one. Um, Number two is 
there's nothing more important than getting the right people and don't compromise that. So don't lower your standards to just get body count, so to speak. Think about the quality of the people that you have because exactly. yeah. one bad person knocks out two or three, four good people sometimes. Yeah. And one great person will help attract two or three or four other great people. Yeah. So keep your your focus on the quality of people. Yeah. Um, and and just be clear with expectations. Communicate, over communicate. You know, hey, here's here's what needs to happen, and and how can I help? What what's the things that? How can I help make your job or your role easier? Yeah. You're in charge of recruiting. What can I do to help you? We're all part of this. So what needs to happen? You're in charge of uh, activities and figuring out events. What can I do to help you? If you're that type of servant leader, yeah, people will respond. Um, and the last thing, last piece of advice. Don't forget to have fun. People take themselves way too seriously. Uh, and the people that have fun are the people that I want to be around. People want to be around. People yeah. that are great and talented but know how to have fun. Yeah. That's great. So don't be afraid to, to you know, bring people together. I yeah. know that's not a problem in college and what you're doing, but I see a lot, I see a lot of leaders well, out there that, that forget that people need to have fun, you yeah. know, do something, take yeah. them, take them play paintball, do something different, unique, that that's going to get them back talking to their friends yeah, about it. We've done sure. some weird things with people in the past. I mean, they used to have chili contests at the office <laughs> and I cook breakfast on Friday mornings and we take them, uh, you know, to do weird things like, uh, you know, um, you know, uh, what do you call that? Shuffleboard, uh, the uh, shuffleboard on the ice, yeah, whatever yeah. that is. Uh, uh, go ahead. Forget the name yeah, of that thing, whatever. Uh, somebody's going to tell us afterwards. Yeah. But, you know, just curling? do curling. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, do do different things, you know, just just have fun and, and realize that's what keeps people energized. So, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. great advice. Well, it was fun being on today, definitely. I think this is something we should do more often. I yeah. love it, man. Yeah. I love this. I think we're going to get some some interesting, good feedback. Yeah, this I was great. It. I loved I learned from this, too. Yeah, I learned, I learned a lot from that. I almost started writing stuff down. But uh, a, I love it. We said, and this was, by the way, this was totally unscripted. Yeah. You had some questions prepared. Well, I have. I went into here, this yeah. blind. This is all we had. Yeah. I, I love this. So I think we should do this again and come up with some other questions, and we'll keep this going. Yeah, so. yeah definitely. Awesome. Thanks, man. It's You're a great co-host. Yeah. You. Thanks, yeah. And thanks all of you for uh, joining today. Hope you like this. Um, I did. I had a lot of fun. <laughs> and uh, just let us know. Give us your feedback. I mean, uh, tell us. Shoot us a note. Um, if you if you like it, we're going to post this out there, obviously, as we do everything else. So be sure to like, subscribe, uh, go down below, get five-star review, of course. And uh, as always, as I always ask, let me know your thoughts on future guests and content. Uh, I got some great episodes coming up based on your feedback. I got a long list, so keep them coming. I got a lot of podcasts to do, and uh, my new co-host here will uh, hopefully maybe join me in doing some of those. Definitely, yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Thanks, everybody. Have a good one. Thanks for joining us on today's episode of Tomorrow's Leader for suggestions or inquiries about having me at your next event or personal coaching. Reach me at john at loritogroup.com. Once again, that's J-O-H-N at L-A-U-R-I-T-O G-R-O-U-P dot com. Thanks. Lead on.